I think if if you are able to do it, try and do an in-person sort of workshop or something with um, with the younger people. Welcome to Safety Help with Tony Collins. Join him to learn how to improve workplace safety to be legally compliant, win more contracts and increase profits. Welcome back listeners and today I've got Eva Maria or Eva on the show. Now Eva was born in 1990 in Russia and moved to Wellington, New Zealand as a young child and started adapting and watching how people talk and communicate while learning the English language. And she wrote her first book in 2007 as a 17-year-old teenager called You Shut Up. Um, and more recently, a bit, a bit more of a softer title in her second book called Shush Me. She's done a lot more than that, but her aim is to help improve relationships and communication between the generations. So in terms of improving workplace safety, many businesses employ younger people. And if we can learn to kind of communicate better, then obviously we're going to improve both safety outcomes and business productivity. So that's why you want to listen to the show. Eva, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. It's fantastic to be here. Great. So I thought we'd kick off in uh, tackling this whole Y generation or Generation Y thing and is it a myth? Can, can we start talking about this generation? Yeah, absolutely. Always best to define it first, right? Exactly. Um, generation Y, uh, it's it's quite an interesting term. I, I personally try not to use it in my presentations when I'm speaking about the younger generations, um, partly because Generation Y has a lot of negative connotations that come with it. Some people say that Generation Y are the laziest generation. Some people say Generation Y are called this because they're always asking why, you know, <laughs> why this, why that, because they never want to do anything. Sure. Um, and but, but basically, I think Generation Y, its main trait is that it is a certain age of people. And it's, uh, it's about people, Generation Y are young people aged between 15 and 35. And the reason why I have a problem with this, um, I guess, I guess the term is because if, if, say, if you think about yourself, mm-hmm. do you really think you are the same person you were at 35 as you were at 15? Oh, absolutely you know? not. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think that this sort of generation, it's so, so large. It's so big that when people try and claim that they're generation Y experts or, that, you know, the generation has some common traits, I do not think it is correct. So I guess, I mean, well, apart from shutting everything down in the first couple of minutes of this interview, <laughs> um, I, I, I guess for those listeners that are that are listening to this right now, perhaps if I can offer a different way of viewing this generation and um, not necessarily the 15 to 35-year-olds, but um, sort of, I, I guess, well, I mean, viewing this generation in perhaps a different light and applying perhaps maybe a little bit better understanding or or techniques around how to get along with them or how to communicate with them. Because I think that, for example, from my work with young people, the way that you would, uh, as a teacher, the way that you would talk to a 15-year-old is a lot different to how you would talk to a 35-year-old. So certain techniques like, you know, I don't know, maybe showing a 15-year-old pictures of something to get them excited about a project you're talking to them about, whereas a 35-year-old wants the facts in a PowerPoint or something. Um, you know, I, I think it's about um, perhaps offering sort of general ideas 
around how to best communicate and understand the generation. Okay, I like that. I like that. That's good. You know, remove the pigeonholing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I guess if we're stuck about talking about this, I guess, generation of young people, my sort of contribution is I instead of calling them Generation Y, I call them Generation Smart. And it's not necessarily because they're smarter than everyone. <laughs> we're pigeonholing the, the older than 35s now, are we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but Generation Smart is... Um, SMART actually stands for five words, and the people that have been to my presentations, when they sort of understand what these words are, for some people it's very hard to forget, and I think that they, these these words describe what the generation is. So the S in SMART stands for SWIFT, and young people are very, very, so I guess, yeah, 15 to 35-year-olds, they're very fast in the way that they pick up technology or the way that they think or the way that they want things done. So sure. this is the generation of, you know, people that are used to instant gratification, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. um, they want to go out somewhere for dinner tonight, you know. They're not going to call around and ask their friends. They'll head straight to Google and they're expecting an answer straight away or, you know, if we're um, – I recently had this problem when I bought a new computer and for some reason it's got Windows 8 on it, unfortunately, and it was taking, you know, longer than 30 seconds to start up when you, you know, when you start up the computer. And for me, I was just getting so frustrated because, you know, (laughs) I guess it shows that we're impatient as well. But, um, you you know, we're always looking for something that's that's done faster. Yeah, sure. Um, the M in smart stands for mobile. So we move around a lot. We are, you know, always on the go. Young people sort of prefer jobs that take them places, you know, not necessarily that, you know, to help them travel mm. to other places, but more so, you know, more, more flexible jobs, I guess. You know, a lot of young people sort of like to work from home if they can or, um, yeah. So sure. just, just the fact that they move around perhaps sure. a little bit more than, you know, than other generations have. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to statistics, like just as an example, uh, 66% of, I think 66% of newlyweds, um, young families in New Zealand are going to move to a different city. So, you know, so it's, it's not so much relevant to the workplace, although it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just that we're not, I guess the generation isn't so much scared of change. We're mm-hmm. not scared of moving around. Sure. Um, the A, and the word smart stands for accessible. So, um, you know, you can probably track down almost any young person because of their use of social media, because they're always trying to tell everyone where they are. Yeah. Um, the R in smart stands for ready. And I think that this is a very sort of good point to take away is, you know, young people are full of energy and they're very ready to do stuff. And the big thing that I found very early on when I was doing a lot of work with teenagers and parents was that, a lot of a lot of teenagers were starting to get bored or get into trouble because um, they were ready to do something, and adults sort of didn't seem to give, give them as much responsibility. And uh, hopefully, this is a point that we'll um, touch on later on about young people in the workplace as well, about giving more responsibility to them. Okay. And um, and the last the last letter of Generation Smart, so of the word smart is T, transparent. And I think this generation is one of the biggest differences of this generation is that perhaps we're a little bit, well, we're a lot more transparent in, in the way that we're honest, but that honesty 
you know, we're not really sure if it's good or bad. So just as an example, you know, young people write about everything they do on Facebook. Uh-huh. Not all young people. And definitely, you know, we're not going to write every single thing on Facebook. But um, I, I guess we're more sort of, we're more open to the fact that anyone knows, can know what we're doing or anyone can know where we are. Right. Or, you know, it's it, there's there's not as much secret keeping, I guess, mm. for this generation, just because of the technology. Sure, less uh, privacy concerns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it, and I guess that this is a very, very long way of trying to explain where I'm coming from when I talk about the younger generations, or you know, Generation Y that some people uh, call them. But I think it's sort of it's a very good way to illustrate the the key differences of this generation from perhaps other generations in the world. Okay, that's fantastic. Well, that's... Sorry, not well in time, not in the world. <laughs> sure. So, okay, that's a, a model, and we, we want to be looking at how we can communicate better. So we're we're in the workplace now. We've got younger people who are smart, and uh, absolutely. <laughs> what what is what what is the best way then to communicate with young people in the workplace in terms of health and safety? Mm-hmm. So the best way, uh, well, there, I guess there's a number of things that you can do to be better at communicating with, um, with, I guess, younger people in the workplace. Um, firstly, one of the things is just remember that even though that they're young, I mean, you used to be a young person once as well, right? You know, whether it was a long time ago, yesterday, you know, it's, it's still very, very relevant. And I think a lot of managers perhaps um, tend to, you know, not consciously forget it, but just not realize that, you know, there there are certain ways in which they can empathize. I believe that 15-year-olds, no matter whether we're living in today's world, in the 20th century, in the 19th century, 15-year-olds would have always been pretty much the same, like nothing's changed. And there's so many different quotes from Socrates and Plato, you know, back back in those days, they were complaining about young people and how young people are disrespectful and annoying. And look, nothing's changed, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the things is really looking back into, you know, how did I want uh, people to communicate with me when I was younger? So, okay. you know, th- that could be sort of a first step of empathy. Okay, um, so empathy. So learn from hi- history a little bit as well. Not only global history, around 15-year-olds and so so on, but your own history. How were you at that age? Yeah, absolutely. You um, mentioned, sorry, you mentioned earlier about, and maybe this is one of the things to tie in at this point, giving more responsibility. Yep, absolutely. So that's um, giving more responsibility to young people. At, at one of the ACC forums that I was speaking at, there was a lady at the very end who said, well, from, you know, from everything that I heard from you, I understand that I should probably be giving more responsibility to young people, but I've got this one problem and um, it's about, you know, the young guys at work not wearing their safety gear and I really need them to wear it because obviously it's, you know, it's dangerous if they, if they don't and it's on the rules and it's, you know, we're trying to write it all down, you know, or write it down in rules on posters around the workplace. We're trying to make sure that managers tell them that they need to do it, but we just can't get them to do it. And she said, um, I didn't even need to answer this question. It was perfect. She said, "From so from what I learned from you today was I should get one of them to sort of become like the enforcer 
of, you know, the safety gear being worn. And I was like, yes, that's, you know, that's exactly it. So um, whenever there's some sort of problem or whenever there is something that you need doing, giving a responsibility to younger people and taking into account that they have this energy, they want to be doing more because let's let's face it, a, a lot of young people at work, they they are bored. A lot of the time they might be quite bored. They might be, you know, working on their computers or, or doing whatever. But I think that young people really, really need to be challenged. And, you know, obviously we, we know that young people aren't, re- I guess, retainable. As, as retainable as they used to be, you know, you, you know, you're lucky if a young person stays with you for about 18 months these days and it, young people t- do tend to skip from job to job and it's not necessarily because you're a bad employer or, um, you know, it's not necessarily always to do with money or where they're living. It's just that they, they want to be challenged more and more and I think that responsibility, giving them some sort of extra task to do or, um, you know, giving them... Yeah, just just giving them some something extra to answer for really can help them not only with their performance for everything that they're doing for all of their work, but also help them, I guess, be be more excited about the job and be able to apply this energy that they have to doing something good and hopefully the something good. So for this lady that was at the forum, um, I guess for her now she's going to be saving time because instead of her trying to run around after these guys to wear their safety stuff, uh, she's she's got someone else out there doing it for her. So she has extra time to, you know, be doing important things. Sure. So yeah. so in this case we're identifying a potential leader amongst that peer group to to kind of make lead the change or enforce if need be. Uh, yeah. What about Absolutely. those what about those who um who don't react to that kind of peer pressure situation? Is there a different way of communicating with them? Yep. So um, another way that you can communicate with them, uh, one, I guess one of the points that I try and stress very, very hard is, um, and I have, I have a number of different examples, you know, from, from workplaces and even in my own life with my parents where sort of the way that people uh, communicate sometimes they think that everything is obvious and you know what they say is you know do you, do you have heard. a Eva do you have an example um I guess uh, but uh, I guess perhaps a really easy one is you know when I was about um you know entering my teen years and the dishes I don't know for how many people are listening if, if you're parents most of you um, but at our house, it was always the dishes that were never done. And it was the biggest sort of headache for everyone because <laughs> it would always fall on me or my brother. And, it, you know, it's come on, doing the dishes is just not fun. You yeah, know? yeah. look, I'm smiling here. I had fights with my sister about who was turn it was to wash and who it was to dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so and, and I think, you see, my parents, um, they never bought a dishwasher because... They thought, I, I'm not sure, maybe it was some sort of torturing parenting technique they read about, but we never had the luxury of doing this. So everyone that has a dishwasher at home, um, you're very lucky. Your kids are very lucky. Anyway, but, um, you know, so, so my dad would try and come into my room and he would sort of stand there while I'd be on the phone or, you know, reading a book or something, and he'd sort of say, well, I noticed that the dishes were dirty in the sink. And... um. 
you, you know, for me at, at the point in time, it's not because I was stupid or, or, or anything, but I think that this really sort of reflects how young people can be like in the workplace. For me, that meant nothing. You know, for me, it was like, cool, dad, can you go away? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, I didn't, at, at that point in time, it wasn't really important to me whether the dishes were done or not, you mm. know, and I was doing my own stuff and I, you know, that's cool, dad. Thanks for letting me know. Thanks for dropping by. See you tomorrow, you yeah. know? So, but, but really, obviously, you know, what did he want me to do? Hey, look, that's not a, a young person thing. My wife has learned to b be very specific when giving instructions to me. Otherwise, I'm sort of like, okay. And? <laughs> maybe, maybe we have the same personality type. Or, um, but, but I do think from a lot of research that I've done with young people, um, you know, whether, whether it's because they are trying to play stupid or whether, <laughs> and it's their alibi that they never actually got told to do something, mm. or w whether, you know, they were in that exact same position as I was with the dishes, um, you know, I, I think it's very, very important to clearly communicate. And a really good technique to be able to do that is having a very set uh, code of conduct in your workplace, especially around health and safety, because it's, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, in the army, there's all these, you know, there's certain rules around, you know, how, how you're supposed to do things or, you know, what you're supposed to do. And every time you get given an order, you have to sort of repeat it back to make sure that you understood and heard it. And it's, I think it's, it's quite an interesting sort of concept. And I think for teenagers, especially, it can really help them understand more what is expected of them. Because, you know, if you have a code of conduct, you can't really stray away from it. If you, you know, if you, if you break the rules, you break the rules. And when you're communicating to young people, um, if you, if you're kind of not sure whether they understood what you were trying to say or not, you know, ask them to repeat it back. Um, one one of the girls that um, I interviewed before doing uh, a presentation recently, um, I asked, you know, I asked a number of young people around, you know, what could your employer do to make you more aware of the workplace health and safety policies? And one girl, Natasha, um, but there were a couple of other people, you know, from within the research that answered in a similar way. And her answer to this question was, actually inform the staff members of the procedures. <laughs> Seems and, and pretty Natasha, obvious. N Natasha is 19 years old. She works as, uh, um, as, as one of the, she's not like a sous chef or the chef, but she's, you know, she, she's in the kitchen. She's not like the dishwasher or anything like that, but she's, you know, she, and she's got a good job and things like that. But it's, I think it just goes to show that, you know, sometimes even young people are saying, well, we don't actually know the rules and it's not, you know, and, and some managers might, you know, might think, oh my gosh, you know, we always tell them about this. Why are they not getting this? But perhaps maybe this means it's an opportunity. Maybe this means that actually there's some opportunity to be able to, con you know, to communicate with them better or maybe present some other ideas in a better light for them so that they actually hear what you're trying to say or what the rules are okay and i relate to that around the code of conduct or clear instructions i used to be in the military uh, so i understand that quite well however i'm just wondering my my thinking would be and you know you're going to challenge me on this which is what this is all about <laughs> that um that, that if you took that too far and you're almost instructing in a 
autocratic manner that that would be, you know, to any rebellious young person, it would actually turn them off and make them go the other way. Yep. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you there. But um, I guess two things. One is when you're communicating with them and, you know, when you're trying, when you're actually spelling something out, when you're, um, when you're trying to get them to listen or to understand what you need them to do, um, I think that this, the sort of secret to helping them understand and actually listen to you, no matter, you know, no matter how you're communicating it, whether it's in a demanding way or not, is always to back it up with some sort of reason. So, um, and I think the mentality that young people have usually been brought up with is, you know, it's, it's the old mum, dad, can I go to the party? No, no, you can't. Well, why not? Well, because we said so, you know, there's, um, and I think young people are often faced with this situation where, where while they were growing up, parents perhaps, you know, they were tired or they didn't really, you know, want to cause a fuss. So, you know, it's because I said so. So I think, and young people are still quite close to that age when they had to experience this, their parents, hopefully not too many of them, but it's, you know, it's, it's the reality for a lot of young people. And whenever they hear someone or, you know, see someone who is uh, above them in terms of, you know, hierarchy in the workplace or someone that's older than them and they're getting told to do something but there's no reason behind it, it kind of goes back to the, those days when, you know, can I go to that party? No, you can't go because we said so and there's no reason for it. And I think backing it up with a reason. So, you know, you need to wear the safety gear, going back to the example of that lady. Sure. Perhaps the way that she can explain it isn't, you know, you need to wear the safety gear because it's written here in the, in the rules. Um, you know, that might not actually be enough for young people. Maybe saying, you know, you need to wear your safety gear because, you know, and maybe giving you an example of what happened when someone didn't wear their safety gear or giving a reason around, you know, well, actually... Um, you know, when the planes are flying down, uh, they, the, you know, I, I don't know, they can only identify people with yellow vests. And if you're not wearing a yellow vest, the plane is going to land on you or something because you're going to blend into the runway. I don't know. I'm sure. just thinking about airports, right? Yeah. So, so giving them that, you know, even if it's the stupidest reason in the world, just giving them a reason because that is perhaps what's uh, what lacks for them in, in some senses. And this, I guess the second point is when you were saying, you know, the autocratic manner, maybe, you know, is it, is it too harsh? When, when do you know when to stop? Um, I, I think another sort of property of, uh, of this generation is that we, we were born to parents that were always trying to fight for their rights. You know, like my, my parents' generation, um, you know, they were fighting for their women's rights and, you know, there was the hippie movement and then there was the sexual revolution, you know, and all, all of these things, um, you know, and, and a lot of peace activists, you know, and um, I, I think our, our parents really tried to fight for their rights so so that we came into this world where we were allowed to be anything. We didn't have to fight for any rights, you know. We were allowed to, you know, it doesn't matter... It, you know, in today's world, it doesn't really matter whether I'm a woman or a man. I can apply for any job, you know. There's no sort of stigma tied to a- as many things, I guess. Sure. Um, so, but this means that our generation sort of grew up with no boundaries. So our parents grew up with boundaries that they knew they needed to push, whereas our generation, we, we have no idea where the boundaries are. So um, f- for us, 
even though we're getting told, you know, you can be anything, you can do anything, um, we're, we're just really lost because we have no idea how far we can aim. We don't know, you know, well, why, why aim far when we can just stay here. So putting those boundaries and actually giving rules is probably one of the best things, you know, I say parents can do in today's world, but I think managers, you know, even more sort of um, perhaps applicable, managers can give them those rules because, you know, we've always had this mindset that, you know, the world is our oyster and there is no sort of end to possibilities, but you do need to spell it out that, there are actually certain rules and, you know, this is where you need to be. And it's not so much sort of suppressing personalities or skill sets or anything like that. It's it's just about, you know, saying, you know, these are the boundaries. Sure. And this is all the space that you can fill up with anything. That's fantastic. Really good information there. Uh, related to that, are there any training models so we've we've talked about clear communication and uh, mm-hmm. i've got a picture in my head of texting instructions to somebody not a good model i don't think um, <laughs> or, or ipads or you know we mentioned the army should we be barking at them like an army we kind of touched that but you know what sort of training demonstration what sort of are there training models that are more relevant and are going to make an impact than others so in terms of health and safety correct yeah uh, in terms of health and safety, I think um, young people really uh, respond to peer recommendations. So if it's a peer that's doing a you know a presentation, so again going back to that example of giving responsibility to someone from within the team. Um, in in terms, I, I understand what you mean by training models. I guess um, you, you know I guess I guess it's not necessarily up to me because I'm not an expert in you know making these models or you know necessarily sort of making these training models but I think young people are um, a lot more visual in today's world um, so perhaps you know like the training modules that are online you know giving them a lot maybe giving them more pictures rather than sort of texts with quizzes that they can answer by clicking on buttons sure um, but also a recent uh, study that they did in um, in one of the HR classes at Victoria University, they actually asked um, a third year, yeah, a group of third year HR students about how they would prefer to receive training in the workplace. And a, a resounding number, a huge number of students said that they actually, um, whenever they've been in the situation where they were put in front of online or, you know, computer models or modules to do, you know, to learn, they, although they felt it was, you know, sometimes quite tough, it was the easier thing to do and they didn't end up learning anything. So they said that they actually preferred to have someone at the front of the classroom or, you know, standing in front of them, talking to them and giving examples, um, you know, rather than sitting behind some sort of, you know, rather than sitting behind a computer and reading information off that. So in terms of health and safety and sort of training modules, um, I think really, really important, you know, I know that ACC has some fantastic models online and, you know, you can download checklists and things like this, but I think if if you are able to do it, try and do an in-person sort of workshop or something with, um, with the younger people because it's, you know, you have the opportunity to be able to show them things, um, you have the opportunity to be able to uh, get people to share information, you know, with each other. And I think that that's perhaps a, um, 
very it's very interesting because I think young people today learn a lot more from each other than perhaps other generations have. But but that's sort of research that I've done in the past. And okay, yeah, it would take a long time to explain. But no, that's I, great. Yeah, I think that's. I was really interested about that that uh, Victoria University example. Um, given yeah, that, yeah, because I actually thought that it would be the other way exactly. around. You know, I thought it would actually be quite smart if a lot more workplaces were doing online stuff. Oh, you but, love that um, word, smart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, is there anything else that we haven't covered or, or not mentioned that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I think just one last thing um, relating to the health and safety in the workplace. Um, a really quick example of, you know, when you were probably being interviewed for your first job, one of the questions that was probably bound to come up is, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Yep. And is that correct? Um, well, I was rubbish collecting, so uh, not that job interview, no. <laughs> but, you know, but but would you agree that most job interviews, you know... Oh, when, absolutely, you know, yeah. Especially office jobs, things sure, like that. Sure, it is, yeah. Um, and perhaps... Today, today's young people, um, if you ask them that, the, the answer that will go through their head usually is, well, I'm going to be old in five years. You know, so it's, it's not, I don't think that that specific question is very relevant for young people. I know we're not talking about interviews here, but mm. just sort of to put it in, into context, mm. what I think young people really um, excel in is if you were to ask them, uh, you know, instead of where do you see yourself in five years' time, to ask them, you know, what do you actually want to achieve? And um, sort of, you know, dur- during your time here. So I guess my my sort of two cents here is that instead of giving young people timeframes, give them milestones. And I think in terms of health and safety, it's very, very um, relevant because, you know, so for example, in your workplace, you might say, okay, well, you know, in two years time, we want to half the number of accidents, right? You know, some, some workplaces might set goals like that. Sure. Um, but for a young person to actually really get on board, get involved and, you know, really make, help make a difference to this, um, being able to actually put it in such a way as, you know, well, we want to half the number of accidents in, in the workplace. Um, like as well as I guess as soon as possible would be a good way to, to put it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is instead of say you know instead mm-hmm. of giving a time frame, giving sort of a milestone, a goal, and young pers- young people's nature of being more competitive or trying to do more and you know trying to use up their energy somewhere, I think that that is something that they will they are more likely to respond to. Hey. So uh, one of the biggest problems for employers is that young people sort of don't don't tend to, you know, come on board with uh, with organizational goals or, you know, they, they just clock in and clock out every single day. But to really get a young person engaged, it's about setting those milestones. So I think, especially in terms of health and safety, instead of saying, you know, look, and, you know, the, our goal is to, like, do this in, in this many, you know, years or whatever, um, perhaps maybe setting smaller milestones for sm- shorter periods of time. And I think that, that is, you know, the attainable stuff is going to come a lot easier to young people and they'll actually want to do it faster. That's a great, great place to finish off. That's fantastic. It, you know, it sums up where we wanted to get to with the, the younger, smart generation. 
um, and to the listeners out there who who want to try and make a difference with the the younger workforce. So, uh, Eva, look, if anyone wants to get hold of Eva, they can do so through her website, www.eva-maria.co.nz. That's E-V-A-M-A-R-I-A.co.nz. I'll put the link also on the website. And, uh, hey, thanks, Eva Maria, for coming in (laughs) and uh, sharing your thoughts. And I think that was really fantastic. So thank you. Thank you very much, Tony. It's been fantastic to talk to you. All right. See ya. Bye. This has been another episode on workplace safety by Tony Collins. For more tips, visit safetyhub.co.nz and join the free newsletter.